Well, hello again, and welcome to the Key to Travel podcast. This is episode number six. And today I'm really excited because I'm joined by a communications veteran, extensive traveler and travel writer, uh, Bob Waite. Now, I've known this man for uh, a number of years, uh, and and he really has a great history. Uh, he's been writing about travel for, I guess, close to 50 years. He's advised U.S. Senators, CEOs. He, uh, he contributes in his writing. He, he consults. He also teaches. And travel is a passion for Bob as it is for me. Now, I, I recently read a posting on the ClarkNorton.com website, and Bob, you gave some thoughts about the future of travel post-COVID. And I'm beginning to wonder, you know, this isn't something that's going to be weeks. This this could be months before we're able to get back to this, correct? I'm afraid so. Um, you know, international borders are likely to open very slowly. Um, the things that we're going to be allowed to do, whether it's by uh, the, the provincial authorities or, or the federal authorities, are going to be limited, I think. And the, all of the medical advice says that we should be taking baby steps. And by baby steps... Uh, we don't even have our international borders opened up, and and I I just heard word today that you know for the for the second time in its history the Canadian National Exhibition is going to be closed. So for people to think this is going to open up in May and June, I think they're it's they're going to come in for a really rude awakening. I I I'd be surprised if if we really get back to any kind of you know reasonable travel before the end of the year. Well, you know. Um there are different predictions by different uh, experts. I guess I'm hoping that perhaps by the fall we'll see something, but uh, Major League Baseball, as you probably heard, is uh, thinking of starting the season in July, an 82-game season, with no fans. So how much fun is that? It's not a lot of fun. It would be uh, horrible to go to maybe your old uh, stomping grounds there at Fenway and, and not be able to see anybody, <laughs> not be able to see anything. Yeah, loves to travel to sporting events and, and I certainly miss that but uh, in your in your recent article you write about you know when we can travel maybe staying local and uh, you you had a few examples uh, little gems that I had never even heard of like the Idaho Potato Museum the uh, the spam uh, the, <laughs> the spam museum uh, th- there must be thousands of places uh, within a, a drive for people to be able to go and visit and enjoy. There are, and uh, here in Canada as well. So, I mean, there's uh, the uh, Canoe Museum in Peterborough, for example, which is a, a wonderful museum. In fact, they, they just received Gordon Lightfoot's canoes recently. Um, the smaller places may be a better place to start for two reasons. One, you can go in your own automobile, so you can be self-isolated in your car, but also they, they, it'll be easier for them to space things out. Um, another example in Ontario would be the Aviation Museum in Ottawa, 
which again, uh, I think as compared to many spaces, they, they might be able to open earlier just because it's, uh, you could do social distancing within the, within the structure. When you, when you are traveling, do you have a, do you have a master plan or do you sort of wing it and say, see where you're going to, you know, where you're going to stop and find something interesting? No, I do. I do plan ahead. So the Potato Museum's a great example. Um, I actually had to bring my daughter's car from Los Angeles back to Ontario. She was graduating from university and wouldn't be able to register an Ontario vehicle in California. So we flew to California, my wife and I, and then we planned a trip that included stops, in some instances seeing friends along the way, but but particular focus on different sites. So places like Crater Lake, a wonderful uh, national park in, uh, in Oregon, and then also uh, along the way, uh, the Little Bighorn, so the site of Custer's last mm -hmm. stand, uh, and also, yes, the Potato Museum, <laughs> and, and, uh, which is in Idaho, as you would expect, uh, but also, uh, we stopped at the uh, Spam Museum. We'd been there before in Austin, Minnesota. Mm -hmm. No idea I, they'd it, have a museum for Spam. It's a, it's a fabulous, and it's actually quite large. It's a fabulous museum, and it kind of pokes fun at itself. So they have a whole exhibit on uh, Monty Python singing the Spam song. <laughs> so, no, but the idea was I was going to write about various places, and I also wanted to largely go to places I hadn't visited before. So I'd never been to Yellowstone, for example. So right. you know, that was a great opportunity, too. So yeah, I do plan things out. When we travel overseas, which we do quite a bit, um, more recently I've used services. I used to do it all myself. But I think we all learn, whether it's in business or journalism or whatever, that um, you know, two minds are better than one, so I usually find that uh, if I go to professional travel planners, they they have ideas that I might not have thought of. Well, it's interesting, you know, you talk about planning and you talk about finding places. Uh, my, my wife's family is from New Brunswick, and we would often drive through the states and do the, the drive through New Hampshire and Vermont and Maine and into New Brunswick that way. And we, you'd save money on gasoline and alcohol. <laughs> we, we discovered two places in Maine, and I, I don't know, I'm sure you've been there, uh, and, and we just loved them, and they were, to, to me, I had no idea they even existed. One was Bar Harbor, mm -hmm. and the other was Booth Bay Harbor, and uh, both were fascinating places, wonderful little towns, and we had such a great time there, but really discovering them almost accidentally. Well, I, I'm embarrassed to say I went to boarding school in Maine, but the first time I went to Bar, Bar Harbor in my life was about a year and a half ago. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why. Sometimes when places are close by, you make the mistake of thinking, well, I'll do that later. And uh, again, in this post, I hope it's going to be a post-COVID world, um, start with the places that are close by. Well, I think that's great advice. Uh, also, uh, you sent to me uh, earlier uh, your latest uh, column, and you talk about Rwanda and uh, the, the guerrilla tour. 
uh, that's almost a show in itself. But uh, just briefly, that there's a lot of struggle going on because of the, the current crisis and the impact it could have on parks like that. Yes, uh, I had seen an article in The Guardian um, talking about issues, particularly in Kenya and in uh, South Africa, with poaching being on the rise. With no tourist dollars, uh, there's tremendous pressure uh, on the local population to find a way to, you know, to make a living. Unfortunately, the way people had been making a living was through poaching. Uh, yeah. There's a huge market. We could spend another whole program on China. There's a huge market in China for things like rhino horns and, you know, the believe it or not, the palms of gorillas. Uh, people collect those. God knows why. At any rate, I was alarmed because I've just been at the park in, in Rwanda, uh, Volcanoes National Park, got to know the uh, the chief warden, the guy that runs the place. So I, I sent him a note, and I said, what, how are things? You know, I'm worried. And I got a very long, uh, nice email back saying that not to worry, that they were visiting the, the uh, gorillas as they always do, but keep, keeping social distancing because they're not sure, because they're a primate, right, similar to us, they're not sure that they couldn't spread something to them, but they're keeping an eye on them. There's no poaching. Well, they, uh, do, they do guard them with, you know, with rifles. I mean, yeah. they're, they're serious. But it sounds fascinating, and you know you have probably thousands of stories, and I don't have time to go into all of them today, but I thank you. Uh, for today, and I'm sure we'll be in touch again to talk about uh, uh, future columns you have and uh, some of the places you've been around the world because it is fascinating. I thank you so much, and uh, and I hope that uh, you have a great day. And uh, just a reminder that uh, this will be up on all the regular platforms. Uh, I'll put links into some of Bob's articles, and uh, we can't wait to one day be able to get back to traveling again really soon. <music>